Guru Nation, thank you for listening to episode 760 of Random Musings from the Clinical Trials. Guru, I'm real excited about this one. It's Tiffany Bennett, who's my fellow CRA Academy co-founder. She's been a monitor uh, for decades, uh, at least the last two decades. And then she's also had other roles at CRO sites and even sponsor levels. So she's been our original co-founder and still to this day, CRA Academy instructor. Uh, we talk about her career, about top five mistakes CRAs make, uh, especially when they're new. Huge shout out to our sponsors, Creo. Thank you so much for sponsoring the show and making these podcasts possible. I love Creo. I cannot imagine my life at my site without it. And we haven't even used all the features. That Just this week, I have to activate our recruitment feature so that we can start doing uh, patient recruitment and auto techs and things like that. But it's eSource, eReg, CTMS, finance, everything's in there. It's amazing. Check it out. Also, shout out to another sponsor, Inato. This one is a free service for sites. If you want to get studies, just last week, I got uh, a study for dermatology through Inato. And then this week, we're wrapping up getting a depression study uh, through Renato. It's completely free. They don't charge you anything. They don't even take control of your budget process. It's literally just putting you in touch with sponsors. They get paid from the sponsors for finding sites. It's an amazing tool. They're really doing a lot of good things too as far as increasing diversity and trying to increase uh, access to research in uh, underserved communities like where my site's at. So check it out, Renato. Of course, the sponsor of this is my own company as well, the CRA Academy. We are now enrolling for classes. Check it out. All links in the show notes. With that being said, enjoy this episode with Tiffany Bennett. Amazing. Guru Nation, we have a very special episode today. The CRA Academy instructor, Tiffany Bennett is on she it's so rare this is like a rare sighting uh, but the CRA Academy students that have been in the class alumni no lie Tiffany today another student messaged me on LinkedIn from a previous class I'm on my second role I didn't even read the whole thing yet because we've been busy here at the clinic but mm-hmm. like it was good stuff because there was like purple heart emojis in it and stuff so mm-hmm. like it was good like another job probably yeah. Uh, and it's one of our alumni. So I'm going to, as soon okay. as we finish with this, I'm going back in there to reply to her because she wrote a long thing. Oh, okay. Good. But we're getting results and our alumni, they'll recognize you. They yeah. recognize the voice. Uh, <laughs> they all like rave reviews about Tiffany. So whatever you're doing, keep it up. We're lucky to have you as our instructor. And you've been the only, by the way, Mm-hmm. The only since our inception <laughs> business yep. partner slash co-founder slash instructor, like the only. There's been a few times where you like called in sick, mm-hmm. Beyonce concerts, Beyonce maybe. concerts, a little bit yeah. about that. And we have mm-hmm. like internship coaches, and in the past we've had like scenario coaches, mm-hmm. but like the core instructor has always been you since day one, which is 2016. It's incredible. I know it's been a long time. I keep thinking, I'm like, wow, we're really just still just chipping away at it and helping a lot of people get into the industry. And, and you've already moved (laughs) three times, three cities, three different cities right now. (laughs) 
Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and now I'm in Atlanta, Georgia. And Atlanta is where, like, that's our hot spot for students, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know why, but that's our hot spot for students. Is it? Okay. Atlanta and Houston and Dallas are like our hot spots for students. Ah, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of research. I mean, there's research everywhere, but you know, I think the biggest places are what the Bay Area, San Diego, Houston. I know there's a lot of studies in Florida, there's a lot of studies here mm -hmm. in Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. but I think those are probably like the biggest places where, you know, sites are. So that's good. I'm not, you know, complaining, but I think what also I think because of the level of detail that I like get into is what makes it more like easier to understand. Cause I think we just, we put a lot of examples in the content and make it make sense, like literally make it make sense. So it's kind of, you know, hard cause this clinical research is a hidden industry. So I kind of see us as like giving a peek inside with, yeah. you know, real life examples and real, like scenarios and real situations and, and breaking that down to where you can't help but understand, you know, how it all yeah. works. And the more you do it, it's life changing. Like we have, mm -hmm. I'm not going to put her on the spot, but one of our coordinators here, mm -hmm. you know, this is like, they get in and then they realize, Hey, this is something I can do like for my career. Mm -hmm. It's not just a job. Mm -hmm. We have another coordinator, same thing. It's his second day and he's already like, reconsidering what he's going to do with his career because mm -hmm. he got exposed now to research and the fact that you and I you know me through the videos you through the classes are able to expose people to this mm -hmm. industry is kind of cool especially when you look at all of our alumni and you see like the places that they've been able to go like I'll I'll send mm -hmm. you privately I'll send you the message this one student sent me afterwards you probably remember her okay yeah I don't get I mean they have my email but yeah they definitely know you more i mean we know me through the course but... that's because you're hiding like you're you're just for the students you know you're not for the public not for public consumption just for the students why why have you been you that's been um kind of your thing like your mo is like you're not flashy you stay under the radar i'm shy i see but not when it comes to clinical research I know and not when it comes to the class either. Yeah, not when it comes to the class. Exactly. I just I don't know. I don't know. It's just not really. You know me. I've tried. I just. I don't know. I just I don't know. Yeah. I can't answer that question. But. Well, we appreciate you doing the pod and we might go live before the year's over to yeah. get people excited about the January class. It's going to start the week of January 7th. So if you're mm -hmm. watching this right now if it's a little bit past january 7th there's a chance you can still get in we only allow 15 students total every quarter just so we yeah. can do that one-on-one -on -one, um with tiffany and in the internship afterwards too um and tiffany's been a cra for those i have interviewed her before so we have i'll have a link to that interview under this video so you can go check it out and watch like her career story we're not going to get into that too much but she mm -hmm. has been a CRA. She has been like just about everything in this space. Mm -hmm. uh, site sponsor, CRO, vendor. Except, level. For, the, except for the PI. <laughs> except for PI. <laughs> so the topic of this one is CRA rookie mistakes, like most common CRA yeah. rookie mistakes. And being that you are a CRA, mm -hmm. right? And you've been a CRA rookie once. Mm-hmm. 
maybe we can just highlight some of these. Yeah, sure. So the first thing I feel like people are, you know, and we talk about this in the course, but we talk about like all the different things you have to do as a CRA. And one of those things, or a lot of those things are being aware of and knowing how to manage your time, time management. Um, because there's so many things that you have to do. You have to be organized. You have to be detailed. We have timelines we have to adhere to. We have to, you know, book our travel to the sites. We have to write our reports. We have to schedule the visits. We only have so much time on site. I mean, there are times where, you know, high enrolling sites where you can, um, you know, be there for longer than one day to monitor. And a regular monitoring day is eight hours. But there are also times where you need to outsource, not outsource, but you need to ask for help as far as a co-monitor so you can get through the workload. Because if you try to manage a high enrolling site by yourself, that's going to be an issue. And when things aren't source data verified in in timely manner, then that's going to look bad on you. So I think also just like communicating that you need assistance with that and also making sure that because that goes into time management, right? Um, not having those case report forms SDV'd and, you know, you got sites that are have patients coming in, different visits. And when there's patient visits, that means that there's data to monitor. Um, and so when leaving the site, you want to make sure you, you know, obviously schedule your next visit, but also make sure that you know that once you're done with that visit, you have a report, a draft that you have to get in that's going to take, I think the industry standard is still five days for a draft, 10 days for finalization. And then you on to your next visit. And it's like, when are you going to write this report? When are you going to write your confirmation letters? You know, when are you going to write your follow-up letters? You might have to do that on the road. So I think that's one of the biggest things that will kind of slap people in the face that they don't it's expect. time management. It's time management. And one of our internship coaches, Ashley Margo, who's actually... Mm-hmm. She's not a CRA right now. She's like a she's at the sponsor level. Like she started out as a remote CRA, but now she's mm-hmm. like sponsor level, like project manager or something. She teaches mm. for the interns like an entire course on time management, like down to mm. organize your inbox. Mm-hmm. I mean, she gets very granular with it. So it's mm-hmm. something that we touch on a lot. I know Tiffany does it during the course, but then mm-hmm. even after the course, we have multiple touch points where we will have this topic of time management come up because it's it's probably the one like the main one that gets most people yeah because it's it's don't get me wrong it's a it's a okay it can be a fun job you know but everything has a timeline or a milestone even sponsors you know they have their timelines and milestones and to do what psvs even, um, you know, protocol development, doing all the PSP. So CRAs, that's where we most times or sometimes start, depending on what the sponsor or CRO is requesting as far as um, the allocations. But even they have a time frame into which, they, into which they want these visits to be done, PSVs, SIVs, IMVs. So everything, you know, it is a project and those projects have milestones and, and deadlines. So, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it trickles down to your role as a CRA. So that's really important. 
pipe management. I'm so glad you brought that up. And by the mm-hmm. way, guys, these are not scripted or planned interviews. I had no idea yeah. what Tiffany was going to say about <laughs> And if I don't agree, I'll we'll we'll argue it a little, but yeah. All right, what about what's next on the list of like rookie mistakes for series? Um, I think so time management is one, two is understanding your protocol and being able to effectively um identify when a subject does not qualify for a study. Ah, especially that last part. Yeah, inclusion exclusion criteria because there's there's that that's- my coordinators here listening. You gotta listen to what CRAs are looking for. Yeah. Say it again for the people in the back, literally. <laughs> Say it louder for the people in the back. Um <laughs> just knowing when a subject does not qualify for a study and being able to identify, I mean, being knowledgeable of the inclusion exclusion criteria and thoroughly like going through that medical history and finding those things where people you know the site could have missed um and identifying you know when subjects are not eligible for the study because that's a safety issue right the inclusion exclusion criteria we have a good cra that caught one on our board you guys can't see it probably good for Mm -hmm. you you can't but it's on there Mm -hmm. because we had a good cra come in hey Mm -hmm. we all missed it at the site you Mm -hmm. know we all missed it Mm-hmm. It happens. It, it happens. happens. It happened. But imagine if that CRA didn't catch it, though. Right. 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 And there's yeah. And so that's that's a really big deal. And a way to be um, on top of that is to, you know, thoroughly know your protocol and give yourself enough time to do that. Now, when it comes to you being allocated to a study, sponsors have quick timelines. But still, you're the one that has to go in there and, you know, present on the protocol. You need to know what you're talking about and you need to do whatever it is you need to do do to make sure that you know that protocol thoroughly. And that's, you know, prior to the IMB. So, yeah, the PS fees, which is where the physicians get selected for studies. And Mm -hmm. you may do a little protocol presentation and that's typically where it starts, but maybe not in depth, but it also depends on the sponsor. And then you have your SIVs, where you're really going to get into the nitty gritty of the details of the protocol. And then you have your interim monitoring visits where you actually implement what you know about the protocol and identifying patients that actually qualify and don't qualify. And so Mm -hmm. I think that's important. Um, Sometimes it can be a little bit intimidating, but you can't just rely on the site at all times to do that. And that's because your job as a CRA. I, I like to look at it like CRAs are like the police and police patrol the streets. So we're patrolling the charts until you have the feds that come in and do the raid. And that's like the FDA when they come and do an audit, which is what you don't want. You don't want any findings in the audits. We want to stay away. You're putting her on the spot. You can't see her face. I promise you. That's true. I I just feel how she's feeling. I'm like, if that were me, I was like, ah. (laughs) You you see her presence there, but she's not. Yeah see her okay 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 yeah. yes <laughs> no this is spot on i'm actually glad mm-hmm. we're doing this because it's not only a podcast for guru nation but it's like a one-on-one for my crc because i literally yeah. have this conversation with them a lot mm-hmm. um, who do you think because here's the thing what you said is really important 
The mm-hmm. CRA is like the last line of defense between the site and the FDA, really. Like, yeah. if you take away that layer, it's just mm-hmm. the site doing what they think is right. Mm-hmm. And then they're busy. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, like a CRC, let's just ask them right now. How many studies are you managing right now? Four. Four. That's not common yeah. for CRA. CRA usually one or two at the most, right? No, I think, well, it depends on how your level of like your I mean, your entry, like your beginning, your beginning. Oh, that's right. Beginning, yes, it's gonna be about one or two. Yeah, yeah because this is a beginning CRC and they're doing yeah. four. Like when they're yeah. advanced, they could do like eight. Yeah. yeah. My point is CRCs do more studies than CRAs. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. juggling more. Mm-hmm. You want the CRCs to know the protocol as well as the CRA, but in mm-hmm. reality, they don't. In reality, we're depending, the entire industry is depending on the CRAs to be the experts of these protocols. That's just, it's not what it's supposed to be. It's not how it's designed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just how it is. Yeah, exactly. And that's why, you know, it's, I mean, with, and that's why I kind of brought up time management first, because all studies have their same core responsibilities and you have to manage your time. You You must know your protocol inside and out because that's the blueprint it's the blueprint for everyone but you're right the monitor is that last checkpoint before there's some type of audit whether it be a sponsor audit well that's kind of depends but especially the fda because fda audits don't happen at every single site for every single study but they happen often enough to where you know you have to keep that in mind because that's the last place where you want findings to occur it could also be a sponsor audit. You know, yeah. most of these CRAs are employed by CROs. And mm-hmm. to them, a bad sponsor audit is just as bad as a bad FDA audit to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sponsor might say, we're not using the CRO again. Look what mm-hmm. kind of CRAs they're hiring. Like, we're not we're not using them again. Exactly. Exactly. And those are so- much more common, sponsor audits. than Oh, yeah. Than FDA audits. Yeah. We yeah. gotta put a little fear into people. Okay, I agree with those two. Auditing happens. Auditing happens. Auditing happens. Guys. <laughs> There's yeah. even IRB audits. We've had IRB audit before. Okay. Not at Yuma Clinical Trials, but at my other site. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. the, usually when you have the same deviations over and over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to report four consenting deviations in a row, and then they came to audit us. The mm. IRB scheduled the audit, and we ended up doing well, but. We were we had Just like overworked. Triggered them. Yep. The same. Mm-hmm. And I heard recently that the IRB, and this must be new, the IRB can forward deviations to the FDA now too. Mm, hear people more, but they can do that now. Yeah, that yeah, that must be I haven't really heard of that, but I believe it because that's what they do. They're the third party that's between the site and the sponsor and I mean, why would they keep the info if they have concerns? They and have it's to, yeah. and it's not just for fraud, like fraud concerns, mm-hmm. or like legitimate, like patient safety, safety. Like I know mm-hmm. a site that had dosing errors on a study I'm doing, mm. and they had the site reported like four dosing errors. Oh yeah, that the IRB hit the forward button to the FDA, mm. and then they got audited. Wow, by, by the FDA? Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I, I'm sure those are like some new things that are coming about and, and it's all about, you know, patient safety. Like, you know, that's the number one thing for, for everyone really mm-hmm. um, is patient safety, but I'm glad you brought up ICS because that was my next thing. I was okay. going to Number three, number three, you guys <laughs> taking notes out. I know coordinator over here is taking notes right here too. I see her actually like writing oh. furiously. Yeah, That's good. That's good. So when it comes to the ICF, it's like, that's the most important thing. I mean, beside the basics about it being IRB approved, which you would know because it's going to be in the portal that CRAs have access to, the sites have access to, we're always going to know, or we should know the latest IRB approved informed consent. Once we get on site and we're monitoring, you know, I almost asked you a pop quiz question like you were my student. <laughs> I do that in the class. Keep me current. (laughs) I'm like, when do we review? What visits do we review the informed consent? Is it the closeout visit? Is it IMVs? SIVs? Every visit. visit. Yeah. So in the beginning, you know, it's like you have, let's say, for example, we're in in the middle of our interim monitoring visits and, you know, We've been to a site a couple of times. I use this in the class. We've been to the site a couple of times and we have three subjects that are already on the study. And then we have subjects four and five that have just been screened and they just enrolled into the study. Well, those first three subjects are going to be set aside for a second because we have to review the informed consent for the for the for those next for subjects four and five to make sure that the consenting process was done properly. So it's more than just a form, right? So you have the IRB who approves the informed consent. You have, you know, the IRB approval stamp. You have to make sure the PI information is on there, you know, a 24 hour number, but those are all the things the IRB has to do. Page numbers, make sure all the pages of the informed consent is there. You don't necessarily have to review the content. You just need to know because it's already IRB approved. It's not really your job, but you need to know that the site is using the latest IRB approved form and also know when they need to use a legally authorized representative. Yeah. And the difference also between like an informed consent, let's say, for example, you're doing a pediatric study. I believe it's from the age of seven up to 18 or 17 is when you would use an ascent, A-S-S-E-N-T. Okay, so... The same rules apply, and usually the the starting point is at seven years old. So those types of things have to, you know, you really have to be on top of, and then also knowing when subjects need to be reconsented, which is maintaining, is further extending their consent with the new updated information if there's a new informed consent that comes out. So I think that that's like one of the things that people don't realize, just like there's protocol amendments, there are are changes to the informed consent too sometimes, depending on what they change in the protocol. Yeah. So anytime a protocol amendment, anytime a protocol amendment usually triggers an ICF amendment. Yeah. Which usually means everyone that's active in the study, right? Mm -hmm. Writing notes. I see her (laughs) writing notes. That's good. That's good. ICF, any existing patient needs to sign, re-sign it. So she knows, of course she knows. Yeah, yeah. She's been taught by us. But um, you're right. And CRAs ignore this because back to your example of those three that you already reviewed the consent and then two Mm -hmm. new ones come in. But let's Mm -hmm. say, let's say there was also an amendment 
Then you should go all five. At that visit. Oh, yeah. All five. Exactly. At their next visit. So if there's a visit that's skipped, that's going to be a problem because that's when you're that's when you were supposed to reconsent them. So right. CRAs have to identify those. Yeah. You gotta reconsent them at every visit when there's a new ICF. Yeah. No, she'll never forget this stuff now. <laughs> Awesome. I kind of like having coordinator here while I'm doing it. <laughs> so you can, yeah, it, it helps go when you go back and forth. Yeah. 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 So um, I think those are like some of the biggest things that I think rookie CRAs, um, you know, those, the, those common mistakes, just because, you know, you're inexperienced. And I think that's another reason why, you know, people love our course so much is because they get the, information that they couldn't consider because they don't have that because they don't you know have that experience so I try to and we try to as much as possible give you as much of a heads up as possible and kind of prepare you for every situation that may happen especially in the scenarios constantly Mm -hmm. improving it even Mm -hmm. in our internship like right now we're in between studies for our CRO. So we were still mm-hmm. monitoring the older ca- older cancer study that we have, the breast cancer study. But mm-hmm. it's a real study that students are monitoring mm-hmm. to, get a, to switch pretty soon to a newer study for to update the internship. But we're mm-hmm. also considering things like updating our e-source to Creo. Creo is mm-hmm. like our sponsors of this podcast and they've already said mm-hmm. they're going to, be willing to work with us viva site fault so we're looking for ways mm. to stay current by incorporating some of these things into our academy um and that's things that uh, we can talk internally about but uh, i'm excited yeah. about as well yeah that's good that's good yeah a lot of um you know there's e informed consents the e consent did yep. you say that just now Maybe no but that's part oh. of it e consent yeah. yeah i mean mm-hmm. creo does that too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so yeah, all of those things I think are really important. Um, yeah, what what was it? Time management, time uh, management, patient safety, inclusion, exclusion criteria, mm-hmm. and, and ICFs. ICFs. What about regulatory? Like, where do the rookies drop the ball on regulatory? Um. Well, I think you know, regulatory stuff. It can be it can be tough, and the reason why is because these regulatory binders are huge. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of tabs. Um, you need to be familiar with you know your protocols to make sure that the IR, latest IRB approved protocol is in there. You need to be my oh oh one area is the delegation of authority log, yes. and making sure that everyone is GCP trained and making sure that everyone is trained on the protocol period because where do we do our initial training at the site initiation visit right but then it's up to the site or sometimes the sponsor it depends on you know the situation where if there's new people coming on to the site who's going to do that protocol training and has that person been added to the delegation of authority log so that's going to require you to look at the dates, look at the signatures, look at the training and compare those things and making sure that the CVs and if they have a license that's on file and making sure that everything is in place when it comes to that. So when you have sites that have high turnover, you have to keep an extra close eye on things like that. And also 
there are other things on the regulatory binder, like protocol signature pages, IB signature pages, financial disclosure forms, making sure financial disclosure forms are signed by all the investigators on the study that are listed on the 1572. Um, so things like that. It can get a little fuzzy when it comes to like correspondence and like printing important emails, but hopefully those will be things that, you know, you're copied onto since that's your site, especially when it comes to communications from like the medical monitor and making those types of decisions when it comes to determining, you know, eligibility for a subject, for example, yeah. um, and things like that. But yeah, the, the regulatory binder is a monster. And also you need to make sure that you're speaking with your internal team. So at the site level, we have the investigator site file, but the site sponsor level is the trial master file. And that's where some of the discrepancies, because there are some things that have to be on site just at the sponsor level or just at the site or both, you know, and we go over that too pretty thoroughly in week two of, of our course. So. Also, yeah. So this whole idea of uh, regulatory maintenance and mm -hmm. training, but all, there's also like following up on action items. Mm -hmm. um, you try not to go, what's the rule? Like, more than two IMVs without an action item being resolved? Um, oh, it depends on how tough your CRA is. I mean, what's common? Action, I mean, common, it just depends on the action. It depends on the action item itself. Like, yeah. if you have something that's expiring, like a medical license, you, you yeah. can't wait for the next IMV sometimes. Mm. Um, and sponsors, whoever is over the regulatory, especially in-house, will give you a heads up, give your site the heads up, or the CRA, depending on how the site, how the sponsor is set up to go and do that. But when it comes to action items, I mean, yeah, you don't want to go any more than, than two visits, but you really wanted to resolve those at your next interim monitoring visit because that's going to be a part of your follow-up letter as well. What about submitting a deviation like to the IRB? You know, how long do you typically let that go? Like one IMV? Two? I mean, one IMV, and as, especially if it involves patient safety, like that's yeah. going to be an issue. You you don't want to, you know, I, and, and that's another thing. Maybe people don't realize this, but as a CRA, you are physically there on site on average every four weeks to six weeks. But that doesn't mean you're not in communication with your site when you're not there. Right. You know, so you can follow up on things and, and ask for confirmation and, you know, get whatever you need to make sure that those things, because that's part of what we are. We're site managers when we're not on site, but we're still, you know, we're still assigned to our sites, which makes us responsible for them. And so, you know, it wouldn't be uh, a good thing to make things harder on yourself wait by waiting four weeks to six weeks for the next time you to go there for you to be there when you can be proactive. And that's another thing I think CRAs have to be good at. It's being more proactive versus reactive in this research. Proactive versus re Thank you. And maybe that's a mm -hmm. uh, segue to the last topic. I, mm -hmm. I'm going to upload a video on this soon. SDV mm -hmm. versus SDR. Mm -hmm. So I think the rookie mistake a lot of CRAs make that I've seen personally is they will only do SDV. Mm -hmm. but not think about the consequences of what they're looking at. Exactly. And that's why you have to implement Alcoa C or Alcoa C plus, you know, they keep adding letters, I but it's basically, 
<laughs> it's basically attributable, legible, contemporaneous, original, accurate. You want to go through those checkpoints and also make sure that if there is anything omitted, like protocol deviations, like if EKGs weren't done or a height wasn't done or something wasn't done and there's something blank, it should have some type of explanation for that. Um, with the exception of, you know, patients getting lab work done and it's still, they're still in the screening process and the, you know, the results haven't come back yet. That's acceptable because there's nothing you can do. Nothing but can, yeah. when it comes to source data review, it's super important to make sure that those fundamental things that you know are supposed to be there are actually there. And you get used to your sites. You get used to, you know, what to expect from your sites, whether it is um, an experienced or inexperienced site, like you'll know those types of things. And that's kind of, you know, your job too as a CRA is to make sure your sites are aware of what needs to be done, especially when it comes to protocol. Yeah. So maybe like not treating every site the same because not every site has the, the same, same, or has the same the issues same. or the same experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very good. Very good, Tiffany. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to add or you want to just save some for the live stream? Maybe save some for the live stream. I don't want to give it all out to right, right now. You know, we <laughs> might be here for <laughs> another three hours. <laughs> exactly. Because this happened before. Remember yeah. in, the, in the early days, I used to go on and on and on. And then I was yeah. like, I need to be considerate of people's time. So maybe well, I students love you. I cannot say that enough. <laughs> like it's Tiffany's amazing. If you if you were in one of her classes, drop a comment. Um, she's helped so many people get into the industry. And mm -hmm. uh, I think our CRA Academy has been pretty successful uh, over so the last seven years now it's like mm -hmm. hard to believe it's seven years that mm -hmm. we've been doing it's going on eight so feels like yesterday it kind of <laughs> still does it's kind of weird because i haven't i know i haven't seen you in a while like we talk on text here, yeah but like to see yeah. you on zoom mm -hmm. i just feel like it hasn't been that long <laughs> yeah i know i know it's like old time but there's like what old times <laughs> <laughs> well i'm gonna have the link to the interview with tiffany regarding her entire career like we break it all down that's mm -hmm. like a classic you guys must watch it so mm -hmm. go underneath and then CRA academy is now enrolling so get in while you can mm -hmm. right the CRAacademy.com and tiffany will meet you week one the week of january 7th so that saturday will be six days later yeah so the 13th yeah. i want to say right saturday mm -hmm. all right Anything else? That's it. We'll wait for no. the live stream. We'll do more. Like we'll do. Yeah. Like, cool. We'll have like a Q and A session. It won't just be the CRC here. <laughs> you know, being put on the spot. It'll be Guru Nation. <laughs> okay. So, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Everybody, go watch the video. Thank you. Go to the CRA Academy dot com. Bye bye.